0: you think that you published a book said it's not a big deal all you need is a hook then you lie about your age so you don't seem dated a call from your agent and boom you made it so sorry we you think you're a liar we're older and wiser hello everyone and welcome to older and wiser a podcast about all things publishing and younger i'm your host Marcia canter and with me as always is kelsey rodkey hey kelsey Hey, Marissa, how are you? You know, every week I say I'm doing great, but this week I really am because we (laughs) we are talking about the season one finale of Younger. We made it to the end of season one, and we have a lovely guest with us to unpack it all. Um, Joining us today is author Caitlin Hill. Caitlin Hill is a writer, reader, and sweet tea enthusiast who believes that all the world is not, in fact, a stage, but a romance novel waiting to happen. She lives with her real-life romance hero in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, Caitlin.
1: Hello. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I'm so excited.
2: Now, we, we discussed your bio before this. Do you want to add anything yes. to it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I want to add that I'm sorry for my bio that is tragic (laughs) and (laughs) leaves out the fact that I have written a book that is coming out. Yeah, it's called Love from Scratch, comes out next April. It is a young adult contemporary romance that is about two rival interns at an online cooking channel. Um, They're competing for the same job at the end of the summer. And may end up liking each other more than they anticipate along the way.
2: I love it. I'm so excited.
1: Thank you. I am excited too.
0: Yes, it's so exciting. I have been so excited to read your books since the Pitch Wars, like, premise, like, since it was all unveiled. (laughs) Um, And I'm really good at getting um, guests to let me read their books. So,
1: (laughs) fair
2: warning. Well,
1: the hint taken, and um, <laughs> <I will laughs> you
2: should just tell her no. <laughs> like I'm
1: going to break your streak. Um, no, I have uh, should have a copy to give you of that soon. That'll be like nice and pretty and have designed pages and oh stuff. Gosh, so
0: so exciting.
1: I it's been so fun to see all the little steps along the way that I had no idea went into making a book. <laughs>
2: Okay, so you're in your early stages of your publishing journey, but how has rewatching this first season of Younger kind of made you realize <laughs> <laughs> it's not anything like that in real life? Like, how, have oh you gosh. noticed that?
1: Yeah, it's been so funny um, because I remember, like, I've, I watched the first season. I watched most seasons probably a couple years ago now, um, which was... At that point, I was writing, but I was barely into the publishing world and had a very little basic understanding of how it all worked or whatever. But even then, I was like, is that really how that works? Because my understanding from Google so far is no. But yeah, it's been fun to rewatch and to be really annoying while I watch with my partner and tell him every little thing that I'm like, that is not how it works. That is not how it
2: works. <laughs> Honestly, I think younger is like watching it's a better experience with someone else just so you can tell them all the things that yeah. are true it's, it's yes, kind of it's like, like a very like, we get
1: it you're in publishing whatever
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah um I've been watching I've been rewatching this first season with my mom because I have been back home and it's the same thing she'll be like is this real this this <laughs> what's going on <laughs> and it's really fun to be a know-it-all and like
1: yes exactly and there are I do find like funny things like this episode where I'm like honestly I don't know if that's how that works I don't know if Ellen announced she wanted to write a new book if they would just uh, have a giant auction between everyone I don't know I I don't have that kind of a clout so I can't just approach publishing houses and make them fight over me
2: well I would love to discuss auctions <laughs> When we get to the publishing segment of this.
0: Let's dive into some finale talk. I feel like there's a lot to say and I'm really excited to talk about not only this episode, but season one as a whole. Yes. So we'll jump in today. We are talking about Younger season one, episode 12, The Old Ma'am and the Sea. In this episode, Liza's lies come to a disastrous head on multiple fronts, threatening to ruin her professionally and romantically.
2: Can we start off by me saying, okay, it was confirmed that Caitlin is in college in India. She's not a (laughs) 15-year-old. She is 18. (laughs) I was wrong. I don't know where I got the idea that she was in high school. I I like my idea better because it just seems more ridiculous, but okay, my bad.
0: No, Caitlin, we we like full out went back and forth on this for like 10 minutes where I was like, Kelsey, no, she's definitely in college.
2: (laughs) I just don't understand why Liza would stop her job when Caitlin's three years old, as opposed to when she's born. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. I thought she was 15. Okay. I was wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. they're all, it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and just, I'm confused about her whole college situation. She just started college in India. Like, is she in like a study abroad program with some American school? She keeps, I don't know, showing up with like, perhaps mildly offensive, stereotypical <laughs> Indian things going on in her. Yes. Clothes and yeah, like a bindi on her head and stuff. I'm like, girl, what is going on?
0: Yeah, she's also in a program that is apparently only like thirty six hundred dollars a semester in tuition, (laughs) which is (laughs) laughable.
1: Yes, I I have many questions
2: about Kayla's schooling. (laughs) Yeah, we don't even know what she's studying. No, she's just there for the culture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess we haven't met at this point. Her uh, guy, she brings home—that's later.
2: Okay, I think that's the next episode, season one. Um, so season two, episode one. Oh, sorry, spoilers. We can cut that. <laughs> no, we talk about stuff in the future all the time. <laughs> um, but relationship-wise, uh, I mean. Josh. Josh is
0: pissed. So.
2: <laughs> At the beginning of the episode, Josh is, he still knows. He, uh, he knows that Liza kept the secret of her age from him and she's not happy about it. Uh, Liza goes to talk to him and essentially he's like, see ya. <laughs> he literally leaves yes. her. Good for him. Yes, yes.
0: I love that entire scene where, She's just like, see, after my divorce. And he's like, divorce? <laughs> <Then> she, <laughs> yes. And like raising my daughter, your daughter.
2: Like, she's yes. so like <laughs> masterfully executed. Yes. Yeah. All
1: the pieces coming together for him.
2: So, okay. Would you guys stay with someone that you found out they were lying about their age, they've been married and divorced, and they have a child that they kept from you?
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: I don't um, think I would.
1: I think it depends on some some circumstances how long have we been together how much do i really like this person yeah my my partner uh who is watching this with me was also literally like turned to me after the end of this episode and was like what would you do I, you just found out i was 40. i was like well <laughs> we have been together since high school and so i have many questions
2: <laughs> as, <laughs> as to how you've hidden that But But doesn't it feel like if you've been there, uh, been with them a long time, that it would make it worse? Yeah, I mean,
1: especially if they have a kid. (laughs) That's true, because if you've been with them a long time, that's on the surface, I'm tempted to say like, well, if you've been together a long time and you're real attached to this, then... You want to stay with them, but also that means they've been lying to you for a really long time.
2: Yeah. and, and, through and whatever break. you've been through and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels more extreme. Marissa, what about you? Does Sam have a child we don't know about?
0: <laughs> well, we have also been together since high school, so I thought <laughs> I would have.
2: Where did he find the
1: time? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many yeah. questions. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I really – I hear Josh. It's not about the age. It's about the lie. And Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm trying to like think back on how long this has been going on for. Like it hasn't been more than a few months, maybe. Yeah, they said it was was a couple months. It's still pretty new, so
1: yeah, I find the the timeline kind of hard to track in this show. (laughs) How long anything's been going on? Very.
2: Yeah, especially yeah. when they they bring up the publishing stuff, and it's like your book is due to your editor tomorrow. It's being published next week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It makes no sense.
1: Yes, so it's like Josh and Liza could have been together for two years or two days. It is really unclear. Let <laughs> me we know. Uh, just a random thing about this scene that uh, was personal to the uh, guest host was as Josh was sitting there wallowing in the bar there's this song playing in the background that was on the store playlist for my terrible retail job and so you know how like when you have very specific song memories that yeah i was like i'm right there with you Josh i am also <laughs> wallowing in misery thinking of this experience and it was just a weird because i feel like they rarely play recognizable music on that show and this is not even a recognizable song it just happened to be on the store playlist at the place i worked and yeah. So I really was feeling Josh's emotional turmoil in this moment.
0: I feel I feel it. Uh-huh. it was triggering. But yeah, I don't know. I think the thing that really got me in this moment with Josh was how he felt like he was a part of her plan, you know, like of like, mm-hmm. oh, and it's easier to believe you're young when you have this hot young guy by your side and was like he felt used yeah yeah which is understandable
1: yeah and i like that he makes it so clear that like it's not the age i'm not mad about the age because everyone in this freaking show is so weird about age and like that's the whole reason she did it in the first place is because people are like you're so old um to work in publishing so i like that he clearly does not care about the age he's upset about the lie because Josh is a good person, mostly. So far, we like him.
0: Yeah. Have a nice, fraudulent life. <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> Amazing exit line. Yes. He also says in the middle of that, you're kind of a lunatic, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just like, that's fair. Fair in this moment, probably.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of Charles in this episode, but we do always ask our guests where they stand in the triangle.
1: <laughs> it fluctuates so much for me throughout the various seasons and arcs and stuff. I'm definitely team Josh at this point in the in the show. Yeah, we haven't really gotten much Charles up to this point to the point that I think if I hadn't told him my partner would have been like not even known that Charles was going to be a significant player later on. But yes, I like Josh. Nice boy. Nice young man.
2: So Marissa and I were discussing on the last episode that this season felt very much like Josh is the only love interest. Yeah. You know, we, we get introduced to Charles. It's a very strange introduction. He's not in the first, like, four episodes. Did you remember that? When you were watching, did you remember he didn't show up for so long? No, that that was
1: kind of surprising. I Because I just... Looking back on the show, I think of it as always being like Josh and Charles, Josh and Charles. Um, But yeah, he just is not. It's almost like they decided he was going to be a thing a few episodes in. Like they were like, "There's not enough conflict in Liza's relationship."
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh essentially, it's kind of like they decided to test the waters and then see how it how it goes. Because even at the end, by the end of this episode lies on josh are you know seemingly back together all's good yes and charles is just you know at work it is always a little weird when i think about the fact that he thinks she's a
1: 27 year old and like assistant yeah. she is an assistant but yeah
2: yeah the power dynamics is a, a lot to take in
1: yeah that that's true that really uh makes it difficult to root for charles overall
2: yeah,
0: and a very underwhelming season finale for him. He's really inconsequential. Is mm-hmm. he even in this episode? He's just like...
1: He is. He starts the meeting to just be like, listen, everyone, Ellen. top secret. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres is writing another book.
2: <laughs> and before we get into that, we should <laughs> yeah. wrap up the the Josh and Liza, how it ends. Liza, essentially, the whole episode is just like trying to form... The best text apology <laughs> she can, oh my God, um, like a true millennial, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then she decides to put together a very terrible but good job for Liza video montage of like her life to kind of give josh a little a little show <laughs> of, of who she is, and honestly, for me, that made me. That would make me not want to be with her more. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my prom from the 80s. Like, uh, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> here's my baby. I, I just, I couldn't get behind that. And I kind of wanted something more, something bigger for her for act of forgiveness. Yeah.
1: As a romance reader, that was not the grandest of grand gestures that she could have yes. done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, and I also love how there's like, pictures in that video montage that are like screen grabs from the show that like you're like who would have taken this picture of you all in bed or like at the bar
2: i hate when shows do that so much
1: (laughs) josh just does not question it he's like very he's very into the iMovie compilation
0: i know he's like crying like he is full like nico is full like in the zone Looks really affected affected by it.
1: And also I love when shows do like the funny uh, fake like past pictures like uh, where they have Liza like on a green screen but she's supposed to look like she's a camp counselor or something and like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't help us buy it. No. (laughs) Plot twist. They really are just Photoshop pictures that she's showing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I also love how the method of delivery is a flash drive, like a <laughs> physical, like, she has to, like, walk over and, like, hand it over.
2: Yes. Like, yeah. to his visit. roommate who knows she's old. Mm-hmm. That's something yeah. I, I do appreciate about Josh is that he's open and honest, like, with his friends. Like, hey, this is why Liza and I broke up. But he doesn't tell Liza's friends because that would, like, blow yes. up her life. And that's why we love Josh. He's such a good guy. (laughs) Yeah, too good, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
1: Yeah. The whole part where like Kelsey and Lauren go to see or go yeah, go to see him and his weird hipster band and they're like, Liza loves you and misses you. And yeah, he could totally in that moment be like, She sucks. But he doesn't do that.
2: She sucks. She's old.
1: (laughs) She's she's forty. Um but he doesn't he's like we just I never really knew her and yeah I like that little moment in that yeah it just adds more evidence to the Josh is too good pile and he also gets to tell Lauren not to drug her friends again which Lauren yes. needs to hear
0: <laughs> yes, yes a you perfect did reaction <laughs> I'm really glad that we did not let that go from the previous episode oh my god and- <laughs> He was like, yeah. don't do that. Bad.
1: <laughs> yes. For viewers at home, watch Lauren actually be reprimanded for her actions. <laughs> a tiny bit.
0: <laughs> and then her reaction was just like she didn't get it.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. Lauren does um, not and does not do consequences, I don't think.
0: But this does also lead to um one of Kelsey's, I think, best episodes in the season and just like, like a really great scene between her and Liza like she's meddling but with good intentions and she gives good advice that I'm not sure where it comes from or how qualified she like, like <laughs> where this life experience is coming from but I, I it reminded me what I liked about Kelsey and the friendships and I thought it was good
1: yeah, I love how all their important conversations happen in the same bathroom at the empirical offices. So it's like when they're in there, you just know something important is coming, some poignant <laughs> moment. But it is nice. And they're both like, You're the best friend I've ever had. Yeah, it's just sweet. I always root for Kelsey, even when she has her questionable actions and weird boyfriend. She's a good friend. She can be if she yeah, actually wants to true. she can that's be
2: yeah. <laughs> I do want to also say in that scene in the bathroom giving Liza like that pep talk like be yourself get messy great hair and makeup <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the first time I was like wow Kelsey looks like really great
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she does look like especially good I just love Hillary Duff forever
0: I'm right there with you
1: I feel like I root for Kelsey in an inor- inordinate amount just because of Hillary Duff playing her. Like Even when she's being a bad person, I'm like, ugh, Hilary, fine. I
0: almost sometimes imagine that Kelsey is who Lizzie McGuire became. I was I just going to
2: say that. It's just, it feels, she feels very Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I feel like that's what uh, Hilary Duff would have wanted the grown-up Lizzie McGuire to be like, is something like Younger, where you know Lizzie's living her
2: millennial New York life. Okay, this is how we get the grown-up Lizzie McGuire show. Plot twist season seven. Kelsey says, Liza, I'm so sorry. I've been lying to you this whole time as well. My name is really Lizzie. (laughs) I didn't want to tell
1: you. I didn't want to tell you because our names were too similar. And I didn't want to confuse everyone. (laughs) um i'm here for that i think that's great i think that benefits both what is it tv land who makes this show
2: yeah it gives it gives hillary duff what she wanted it gives fans what they wanted yes (laughs) win 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 win
0: yeah it's like hashtag let lizzie fuck (laughs) 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 is pretty much younger (laughs)
2: <laughs> in a nutshell, yeah. let Lizzie cheat on her crappy boyfriend with a crappy <laughs> author. Bad.
1: Yeah, she has. Uh, yeah, that's true. One thing that you could not say for Kelsey is anything about her taste in men. It, it awful. is awful. No good. And no I good.
2: feel like it comes down to a self respect thing as well. Yeah. All of Kelsey's relationships, the men have been so shitty to her. That's true.
0: Just need to get messy, Liza. Show Josh the real you.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Via PowerPoint presentation.
1: Exactly. (laughs) It is messy.
0: Cool. Um, should we jump into all things auctions and publishing and this Cheryl Random House lady? Like there's just a lot, (laughs) there's a lot going on here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is a good episode for publishing plot lines, I feel like.
0: Yeah, so let's start with Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, writing a new book.
1: My favorite line from this whole season, probably, is Kelsey going very enthusiastically. I wrote it down for forward. She goes, the gays and the housewives are going to love this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the first line of my notes. The gays and the housewives are going to love this.
1: Oh, my God. Kelsey, I don't know if we can actually say that anymore, (laughs) if you ever should have said that. (laughs) Um, But it does make me wonder if that's how uh, acquisition meetings go at times. Um, If people can just casually drop things like the gays and the housewives are going to love this. Yeah,
2: so I don't know how this works for celebrities or... (laughs) Very, very, very famous authors. But this auction was not how I've seen it with my friends that have gone to auction. But we also never get to see the actual auction, it's just the build up to it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they kind of missed out on having the more (laughs) interesting part of the auction in the episode by having this um, blackmail plotline. Because, you know, I'm sure it's not fun for the people actually involved, but being on the sidelines, the fun part of an auction is seeing like the offers come in and how they get raised because another publisher offers more. Like that's the fun part, in my opinion. Um, and the, the episode just kind of never got to that part because of Cheryl Sussman. Mm-hmm. Cheryl at SussmanBooks.com. dot com. So that was the weirdest email. <laughs> Is are we to believe that she's an imprint at Random House?
1: I was thinking that was the implication. Yes. Okay. I always think it's so funny when they drop like actual real life publisher names and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and
0: and how it's always Knopf. <laughs>
1: yes. But it wasn't this time. Yes. It makes me wonder if Knopf at some point did one of the people at Younger dirty, like one of the producers <laughs> or something, and they're like, we're going to make them
2: Empirical's enemy. Um, they said, first, we want to drop a novelization of Younger, except, no, it was already a book. Maybe they did something dirty to the book. Maybe. The author. That's true.
1: <laughs> Excellent point. Let's investigate this for season two. Or maybe <laughs> yeah. it was published. in Investigates. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, now I'm wondering who did publish The book. I'm gonna gonna look it up. It It also occurred to me in this moment what an on the nose name uh, Cheryl Sussman is like for this character.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did not even think about that. Is
2: it called Younger?
1: younger? Yeah, it's Pamela Pamela Redmond,
2: Redmond. and it was published by Gallery. Ooh, 2005. 2005. Simon & Schuster, 2005, yep. I think we might need to read those books someday. Interesting.
0: So yes, there's going to be an auction, and apparently it's a really big deal that Empirical is going to get the first bid. I, I for one, am not sure
2: why that matters. Yeah, I was wondering that as well. From what I've seen from friends, it it does not matter. (laughs) Uh, unless, unless it's like a one of the auctions that they only get one stab at it. Like sometimes they go in rounds where the bids keep just increasing or changing. But yeah, I don't. It, I feel like it's only a big deal because they're not a big five on the show. They're just mm-hmm. like big five adjacent. But being first, I don't see how that benefits them in any way.
0: Yeah, we got marketing plans coming at us. We have P&L statements. We, got, <laughs> we have plans.
1: I love um, how people at so many different times are just like, can you get me the numbers for – like it's always like the numbers. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, that is my style of – I understand you, Darren – what's his name that makes it Star. This Darren Star, yeah, because that is my method of – The amount of specificity I get into on things I don't want to research (laughs) my books is like, quote, vague things like the numbers and hope that no one looks into it too much or questions uh, what that is supposed to mean.
0: Yeah, that is why so far I have only written books featuring interests that I myself have (laughs) (laughs) held, because once you kind of get away from that
2: research, what is it? I don't know. So Diana, she was in Midtown with no money and this was a problem. So Liza had to take uh, Diana's wallet to where she was having lunch with Cheryl Sussman, who Liza apparently knew from her previous publishing life. And Cheryl Sussman is a bitch. Yes.
0: Yes. Can I just say that was my favorite quote of the episode was just Diana yelling, I've been
2: midtown with no money. <laughs> my, my favorite was also a Diana quote, but it was, there's no crying in publishing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of crying in was like, that a is a straight up
0: lie, Diana.
2: <laughs>
1: Diana clearly is fiction because <laughs>
2: that is a lie. Don't she, she tears never cried.
0: sustain the publishing industry.
2: Yeah, how we hydrate. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But yeah, so, okay, so Cheryl recognizes Liza and then um, pretty much uses that to her advantage to try and get the scoop on Empirical's offer to Ellen so that she, Mm -hmm. at her imprint, can offer something better, um, which puts Liza into a tight spot because Liza doesn't want her secret getting out, but she also doesn't want to lose her job. Either way, like, she feels as though she's going to lose her job. So she's kind of in a a tough spot.
0: My thing with this, though, is – and this is what pulls me out. And I know that there would be no show if, like, this is what's sustaining the show. But, (laughs) you know, she's been working there for for a bit. She's, like, proven her work ethic, you know, so to speak. I mean, questionable, but, like – because she always seems to be doing – work that's like adjacent to her job but like not actually her job (laughs) but diana seems to like her like she has a friend in kelsey i'm thinking like but like really what is the worst that can happen if she tells the truth at this point i don't think she would be instantly fired and blackballed i think it's i get why she has to feel that way um because the show would end
2: right but yeah I just feel like that would be tied into the critique spot. Like, that's not high enough stakes.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. But that really, no. like, really pulled me out of the episode.
1: Same. Yeah, I think the there's, like, this suspension of disbelief. There's a lot of it in the world of Younger, obviously. But <laughs> that for, like, the entire show to work, you have to just, like, really believe that Liza's life as we know, it is going to be over if people find out she's 40. And that is like the worst thing that could possibly happen to her is for anyone to not think she's 26. And like none of the conflicts work without that (laughs) ever. (laughs) So yeah, it's funny and strange. But I, (laughs) I like that this is also like this whole Cheryl Sussman thing for now. Like I, I don't actually remember, I feel like she comes up later maybe but for now it's just a one episode issue (laughs) like it is
2: introduced and resolved all within the same 20 minutes yeah it was like a mutual destruction thing yeah
0: yeah because um, Liza uses her you know 40 year old wisdom and sensibility and she has a paper trail and
1: And I you know I've never been a white collar criminal myself but I feel like (laughs) That's As, something a white
2: crawler criminal would say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Well, this podcast has just become incriminating, but <laughs> the rest of that sentence was going to be um, that if I was going to get into white collar crime, I feel like step one is get you like a burner email. Um, <laughs> and anyone can get that Gmail account. I don't know. I had lots of ideas for – I guess this is also a critique section, but I had lots of ideas for how Cheryl could do this better. And I'm glad that then that ended up being the whole point is like, yeah, Liza knew this was not the thing to do either, and she was using it to her advantage.
0: Yeah, I also loved that um, the worst thing that could – like the media outlet that they kept referring to was Gawker. <laughs> like, <not good> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I have to know. I don't know what Gawker is. It was literally in a reference in a movie that I was watching with Dylan last night, and I've heard of it, but like, I don't know their their range. I don't know that I've ever even been on like their website. And why would Gawker care about this little lie in publishing? <laughs> like, I just have no frame of reference.
0: Yeah.
1: So it doesn't exist anymore, right?
0: Right, yeah, I was actually just looking it up, and it says that Gawker dot com shut down in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so a year it was after on its then. way out.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, Younger killed it. <laughs> yeah. I
1: guess at some point it was a significant. My like inference mm-hmm. here was just it was a significant source of like I don't know like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, or something, but for like journalism and publishing yeah so i was thinking
0: of way? it as as like a new york post type like a more of like a tabloid-esque situation
2: they should have said publishers publisher we what's it called <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> they should have contacted publisher weekly not gawker like something in the publishing <laughs> industry maybe that would have cared about cheryl doing this like gawker <laughs> yeah
1: um that was funny it's one of the couple things that like I feel like it's funny when things come up in this season that like younger season one is not that old but there are things that date it already um to yeah. early 2010s or whatever <laughs> for example Ellen DeGeneres has a new
2: book coming out and we're all thrilled about it
1: yes yeah <laughs> and-
2: uh, I think they also referenced Vine at one point in the first season. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P.
1: Yeah. um, And Gawker is another one now because. Yeah. R.I.P. Gawker.
2: Yeah.
0: But I appreciate it. And I really, there's always an argument in the industry about like pop culture references in your writing and how much to include because it dates it. Yeah, And like, I have always been of the mind that your book is going to be, you know, a relic of the time it was created anyways. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, I have never seen a reason to shy away from those kinds of references. Like what I like about you right. is going to be a hella dated. <laughs> and that's okay, because yeah, that was the world when I
2: wrote it. I try to avoid pop culture references, to be honest. Sometimes you kind of have to acknowledge it but for me I feel like especially with publishing you know you write a book and then two years later it comes out and this world we live in moves really fast with pop culture right now like yeah the way people talk the the memes you know <laughs> everything goes so quickly that it feels like it would take someone out of the story to reference something that's not current in the time that they're reading it so I think I just have a fear of <laughs> being distracting. I think with my references, so I try to keep them minimum, minimal. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. I'm a writer. I know. I words. feel
1: like I. <laughs> I feel like I try to use things that seem like they'll be a little more timeless. Like if I'm going to reference something pop culture, part of that probably also is just because I'm not a teen and I write about teens, and so I'm already like out of popularity, Mm -hmm. but like Disney movies or like just things that the kids of today are also watching the same a lot of the same Disney movies that we watched when I was a kid and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like younger also like leans into pop culture references so much because it's such a big part of like Liza makes these weird references that are older than all the people she hangs out with. And um I don't know. I, I think in general, they're pretty good about using them to their advantage in the show to, yeah, to date Liza and also show how, like, young and hip Josh and Kelsey are and Laura and everybody. <laughs> At least we can laugh
2: about it.
0: <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's interesting when it comes to, like, the tech side of it, too, because I definitely agree, like, with the pop culture references, you want to lean into – Like, Taylor Swift's not going anywhere, right? Like, it's okay to reference our queen, Taylor (laughs) Swift. She is timeless. Um, But it's interesting to me to see, like, different, like, social platforms or, like, things that, like, we think there's no way they could disappear. And then it's like, oh, well, it's TikTok now. Vine is dead. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about with publishing?
1: I feel like we hit most of it. I did feel like there was some foreshadowing there with the Cheryl thing where she's like, how long do you think you'll get away with this? And Mm -hmm. Liza's like, guess we'll find out (laughs) six seasons later. It is
0: interesting that like, and I'm glad that somebody knows, right? Like somebody, Mm -hmm. there is this sort of like looming thing happening now where, Oh, someone in the industry knows what's up and, yeah, you were able to like get out of it this time, but she kind of becomes this this thing now in the periphery. Mm-hmm.
2: There's only one other person, and that was the author. I can't remember the name of. She had a crazy book launch, oh, and, and she, she was noticed, like, "Your
0: hands, Watch your
2: hands." Yeah, it's a yeah. Dead it movie. was
0: it was Jane Krakowski's appearance.
2: Yeah, I can't remember what her her oh. character name is, but. I feel like uh, people would be more inclined to believe Cheryl over (laughs) Jane's character. Um, So this is kind of like a step up in being discovered, I think. Yeah. And and I like that it doesn't just happen once, that there is at least two instances of that, because I said it before, but I I love Sutton Foster, but she does not look like she's 26. (laughs) So it's like for someone to like finally acknowledge it, like, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and just like Liza as a character too is just like really bad at keeping things separate, and she keeps like slipping up in seemingly obvious ways throughout the course of the season, and just like nobody yeah. catches on. Josh is like, "Oh, you're just so quirky." Like, yeah. <laughs> <he's>
1: like <laughs> yeah. What? Do you, like he's always like, "What are you even talking about? You're so weird." <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I want. I don't know. They don't show a lot, I guess, of him, like, going through his inner tor- turmoil after he finds out. But <laughs> I wonder if he, like, looks back at all these weird things Liza said and is like, I should
2: have known. Should have Honestly, seen coming. yeah. If we're going to, like, discuss critiques, <laughs> I feel like that's where we're at. But, yeah, yes. um, yeah, I would have liked to see more of Josh processing it. Like you said, our, like, let's recall those moments where she said weird things and he thought it was just, <laughs> like, a weird quirky thing. And he realizes that's her giving herself away accidentally. I think we could have seen more of a struggle with him forgiving her if he actually processed it in a space that we could see it.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I also, sorry, I forgot one more thing about Cheryl was when she's like, by the way, I uh, had two kids and I never stopped working. So there's oh some, yeah, like, oh. stay-at-home mom shaming in there just to like drive home that Cheryl's a terrible person and villain. But yeah, sorry, I'm I'm jumping around from topics, but no, that's okay. That is my critique of Cheryl as a human, and <laughs> that <laughs> yes. she sucks for that reason. And no,
0: it's 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 fair, and like there is this weird like glorification of the working woman in -hmm. this in a way that can like like that was just such an unnecessary (laughs) yes unnecessary dig and it's like no like Liza you did a good you were definitely being underpaid as a like junior editor wherever you were it would have definitely cost you you would have lost money probably on childcare costs if you kept your job. So like go be a mom. That's cool. (laughs) That is yeah.
1: I'm, I'm here for all of it and not here for mom shamers.
2: This podcast does not endorse mom shamers.
1: <laughs> no, we do not. I say we as if I'm.
2: You're on it.
0: <laughs> it's just like the whole like women can never win thing though, right? Because mm-hmm. on the flip side, people are probably shaming Cheryl for. Oh, totally. Being a working mom and not like it's just nobody does this to men. No. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I'm saying.
1: No, it would not be like any kind of plot point at all. Like You could not no. do this show gender bent. Um,
2: no. It no. just
1: would not work that way.
2: It wouldn't at all. Like <laughs> There's no real ageism for a white man in publishing.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like you could have a whole podcast about that. Just uh, <laughs> an entire uh, series on gender in publishing.
0: Um, I want to ask back to the Josh and Liza and forgiveness thing what would have been a grander gesture what would we have liked to see in this reconciliation because like it this was not enough for me
1: (laughs) yeah that's a good question I don't know
2: Yeah, honestly, as, like, romance writers, we should be a little better better about this. this.
1: I mean, yeah, the whole thing where he's, like, at the very end of the episode, where she, I guess she starts that conversation where she's, like, what if we just started over? Hi, I'm Liza. Like, that's a classic thing that people do after they've had some big blow up of, you're not who I thought you were. So she... Yeah, I don't know. But she hadn't really like totally made up for herself prior to that. So
0: I think that for me, it might not be so much the gesture itself. It might be more of a pacing issue. And I almost wish that this episode ended on a bit more of a cliffhanger here. Like I wanted more time for Josh to deal with this.
2: Yeah. That would have been a good conflict to see over a couple episodes because there would be that. Um, tension between them anytime they like ran into each other um, which would have been fun but um, if we are limited to the one episode kind of uh, resolution I think instead of a weird iMovie PowerPoint presentation type thing <laughs> maybe she should have just went old school and made like a scrapbook and she could put her own words into it she's you know we, we've we seen her in a previous episode being a ghost writer, essentially. She she has the ability to use her words. And I think that she should have done that here and made like a little book of Liza or something like that.
1: I feel like whenever things are set in New York, there's always I picture like weird, massive, like flash mob or like things from like classic romantic comedy stuff. She'll, Liza lights up the Empire State Building in Josh's favorite color. And <laughs> just, like, <laughs> they could have done um, so many crazy things that uh, I guess Liza, the average woman from Brooklyn, is not supposed to be able to access fun, exciting things like that. But, you know, I like a, a big ridiculous, this would never happen in real life grand gesture.
0: Yeah, I think that that is a good point to have used the city a little bit more. Like, you're in New York. Use it.
1: Yeah, I could make a boring flash drive iMovie thing here in Kentucky. And that's just <laughs> no, you know, no one would care about that.
2: <laughs> I, I think we see in um, a previous episode, Josh gets her uh, incorrect Chinese. <laughs> what is that Chinese? Is it the Chinese zodiac? What is that called? Zodiac sign? Is, is that what it is? Yeah, I, I think don't so. know. Um, he gets the wrong year tattooed, <laughs> tattooed on, on, on his body. <laughs> I think if we're going full out grand gesture, Liza gets his year tattooed on her body. Oh, <laughs>
1: I like that. That just in general, Liza getting some tattoo because he's like a tattoo artist and yeah, into that it has been really funny as I, I think I've already said it multiple times, but rewatching this with someone who's never watched it before and. My fiance, who does not like typically watch a lot of stuff like this and and is not like a big romance reader or anything, just like this is not his kind of like media he normally consumes, but he's gotten really into it, and he is like, so like, how long can they really keep this up that she like <laughs> that, that no one finds out? And like all these important people in her life just think she's twenty six. I'm like, well, um. So far, there's six seasons, and <laughs> <laughs> the show is called Younger, and um, longer than you think. I can keep this up.
2: <laughs> Definitely. I always love um, a show that has a slow reveal of things to certain characters like now Josh is in the loop uh-huh. um and then it's like Kelsey's in the loop like i i like that because it also ups the tension and the stakes for other characters to accidentally slip up and and mess up Liza's good thing that she has going on
1: oh totally and she has like little interpersonal conflicts with like each person along the way as they find out because like yeah. Josh has gotten over it by the time Kelsey finds out then Kelsey will have gotten over it by you know And then everyone else is, like, mad that that person didn't tell them to. (laughs) And, yeah, I find it really, even as, like, wild and ridiculous as it is, I, I think the concept of the show is just hilarious and fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it has lasted for as long as it has.
1: Yeah. It also has been fun watching this after watching Emily in Paris the other <laughs> our show because i'm like they they have so many parallels and so many things that i think are just uh that show creators showrunners style that <laughs> everything's a little bit ridiculous and hard to believe and also a lot of these people you're like who even are you you're like a uh, weird Millennial pop culture robot, but also entertaining and likable.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) like you think that, you think that Darren Starr didn't try with younger, and then you watch Emily in Paris (laughs) and you're like, oh. And like for me, as someone who works in a marketing role in publishing, (laughs) it's just, it breaks my brain. (laughs) Like, yeah.
1: (laughs) That is totally fair. I, as someone who knows nothing about anything pertaining to what Emily's supposed to do in that show, um, I am still like, this is just not how this works. I just know it's not how this works. This is not how social media works. Is Darren Star even on Instagram? I have many questions.
0: Do we have anything else to critique about this finale, or just season one as a as a thing? Wow, that was eloquent.
1: As a thing. Um, (laughs) I really enjoyed it and think it's like, I don't know, it's a very fun kickoff season to the show and gets a lot of stuff accomplished, I think, in a short time. And I wondered, I was wondering towards the end, like, if they knew they were going to have a second season yet as they wrapped it up. Because that like seems like it might be why they left Liza and Josh on such a like nice note is because they weren't sure if there was going to be a second season or not. And so I don't know. I don't know if that's even a thing people do, if they would in that case be more likely to leave it on a cliffhanger or what, but it could have just like kind of wrapped up then. And then I guess it's all okay now. And no one else is ever going to find
0: out Liza's 40, <laughs> but later on in the show, They start to get like I don't think that they expected it to be what it became with season one. And I know that later on they were getting their renewals and like like I think season three and four were renewed at the same time. Like they were getting two season orders. So that's going to change the way that they write when they know that they have the time. So it's going to be really interesting. And I think moving forward. um. Like, I'm used to seasons ending on a cliffhanger for them. Um, And I think that's probably why. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. um, It's also, I mean, like you all were already talking about, just, like, it's very funny how not present Charles is in this season when you think of how big he's going to become.
0: Cool. Anything else for you, Kelsey? Or are we going to – bring it bring it home with the six figure advance
2: hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's do it
0: yes so every episode we award a six figure advance to our favorite character in the episode because i mean everyone in publishing gets a six figure advance yes
1: definitely how it works
2: Do you have any strong feelings? I pick Josh. I think, um, you know, he goes above and beyond by not blowing up Liza's spot by telling her friends that she's 40 and shows that he cares about her and that he's a good guy. And I do think it's nice that he gives her another chance because he is in love with her and he does know That she loves him back. So I think that's a a very brave and honest thing to do. And I support him.
1: I would agree with that. I think Josh would also be my top pick for the six-figure advance for this episode. Yeah, I mean the MVP of the episode just by nature of all that happens. And how he's the first big person in her life to find out and handles it as well as anyone could. Yeah, my runner-up, you know, maybe like a $99,000 advance or something um, (laughs) would be Kelsey because she is a good friend to Liza and she just has some exceptional delivery of lines.
0: I think that just to not make it three for three, I will go all in on Kelsey because Josh and Kelsey were my top two as well. So I'll give her that extra 1K and make it a full, make it a full six fig.
2: She needs it because she's not acquiring bugs. You know? <laughs> not yet. Not for
1: like one more episode when she starts her own imprint. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it,
0: it's coming and it's gonna be wild when it happens because it's just like how did we get here season one mm-hmm. there is no indication that it is so fast
2: <laughs> there's not even an indication that empirical is really buying and selling that many books yeah. <laughs> yeah. They
1: have how one, do they open a
2: new imprint
1: <laughs> they have one random swedish man who is also in is an inappropriate sexual relationship with their editor <laughs> He is holding up the entire publishing house, and yeah, we never find out if they get the Ellen book either.
0: So many of these episodes, like the, it just like drops off, right? Like the Swede <laughs> is just gone, yes, never to be heard of again. Um, and we never get any real fallout or professional consequences from that for Kelsey, no. no. And yeah, all this build up about Ellen. I'm assuming Empirical didn't get it. It probably <laughs> went to Kanaf. <laughs> so we always close this episode this episode we always close this podcast with um podcast recommendations um it can be publishing related it could be pop it could be anything related really we always give it to the guests so if there's anything fun that you have been listening to recently feel free
1: so we'll let us know i think i said this at the beginning but i am like an audiobook fiend and so I don't actually listen to a ton of podcasts anymore. I have in the past listened to a couple of Bachelor podcasts Mm -hmm. because I am trash for that terrible franchise. There's a romance podcast that I like too that well there's a few but Heaving Bosoms is good Um, Faded Mates is good. I think there's the website's called smart bitches trashy books i don't remember if that's what the podcast is called but those are all great i always love ones that give me book recommendations that i then go download on my audiobook apps
0: (laughs) full circle there we go Mm -hmm. perfect well that brings us to the end of the first season of older and wiser and what a season it was we did it kelsey (laughs)
1: congratulations if, if the editing podcast season
2: thank you if the editing on this episode goes well you won't realize that there was like a 10 minute break <laughs> in which I broke the internet I don't know what happened I thought all of our hilarious. technical glitches were behind us but we jinxed ourselves uh hopefully it hasn't been a terrible listening experience though
1: I am very honored to have been your season finale. So thank you for having me.
2: Thank you for coming.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It was such a blast. Um, Definitely open invite back in the future as we get deeper into the love triangle of it all.
1: I can't wait. That's really the heart of the show for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And before you go, where can our listeners find you on the socials?
1: You can find me there far too much. Um, But I am the Caitlin Hill on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, That's K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. And I always actually, uh, in person, I always spell out my last name for like cashiers and stuff. Because no one can ever tell what you're saying when you say Hill. It rhymes with so many things. That was an aside. To delete that. Hill.
2: <laughs> she Find has me great content.
1: Fascinating <laughs> yes. content like that story just now. And <laughs> yeah, and and my website is also the But maybe by the time this comes out I will have updated it with a reasonable bio and <laughs> other important things.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you all. Now we are closing the book on this episode of Older and Wiser. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OlderWiserCast. I'm at Marissa Cantor on Twitter and Instagram.
2: And I'm at Kelsey Rodkey on Twitter and at Krodk on Instagram. We'll see you next Wednesday to continue our discussion of all things publishing on Younger. The end.